And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back. If you've just joined us today, we're visiting with the senior pastor of Calvary Chapel of San Mateo, Pastor Jason Fry. Pastor Fry, before time runs away from us, I want to have you spend a couple of minutes for folks that are new to the San Francisco Bay Area. Perhaps they've newly relocated to the peninsula. They're looking for a new church home. Tell us a bit about what God is doing at Calvary Chapel of San Mateo. Yeah, amen. Uh, God's doing a lot. We... Uh, we're, we're in a beautiful location. It's, we're in a neighborhood. Uh, you know, you definitely got to go on the website, hit that direction um, button. Uh, you know, we're up in a neighborhood tucked away, but we have a beautiful view of the Bay Area. We look directly at CSM. And um, we actually do have a trailhead that, that ends or starts in our parking lot. So I always say you got you to gotta do Google Maps to find it. But um, there have been a few families that have been hiking the area and suddenly stumbled upon our church and we're like oh we should we should go to church here we should try this out we have a cross that overlooks the 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 view there on the drop off and um so god's doing a lot i mean we love the spot uh we we've been growing a lot um you know the pandemic and you know we reopened fairly early and we did outdoor services and things and 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 god really brought a lot of people that wanted to to, to worship and um, you know we tried to just be as responsible as wise as we could but you know not forsaken the gathering of the of the saints together and uh, so all kinds of precautions but we we really wanted to to worship together and uh, that kind of like I would say kind of put us on the map uh, you know there would be people like I had no idea about your church I mean we don't do a lot of advertising or anything like that and so but now word of mouth has gotten around and, and, and we were meeting new people every week. Uh, we're, we ordered a bunch of new chairs. We're maxing out our capacity inside, you know, parking, um, is a bit of an issue because our parking lot fills up rather quickly before, you know, our, our sanctuary will even fill up. So, you know, we start, we're going to start doing a shuttle. Um, you know, I, I always joke that, you know, we're on the top of a hill. So when you come to church here, if you didn't get a spot in the parking lot, you got a little bit of a hike in, you know, so it's a holistic uh, experience for you. Um, but, you know, God's doing an awesome work. He's, he's brought a lot of different people together. Um, and, and again, there's new people coming. We have, uh, you know, a lot of young adults that are starting to come as well. Kind of, you know, it's always looking at what demographic you know, if I'm just looking, if I'm just data minded for a second, you know, what demographic do we need more of, you know? And it's like, God, bring more young adults. And he's, you know, he's been bringing people that they're getting saved in during the pandemic alone in their room, just, you know, having Jesus speak to, I mean, just God's doing his thing. He's saving yeah. people, you know, and, and incredible things. And, and he's bringing all these people together, and it's it's so good. I mean, we're in a time right now where it's just, it's so awesome. I love what God's doing. I know change is the only constant, and and I'm kind of like want to keep things the same as they are now, but we we need to start uh, you know doing multiple services, various things for more growth, uh, which is 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 going to be some change, but. Uh, you know, we, we teach the word of God. We just went through the book of Romans, took us a few years to get through that. You know, we're, we're in Psalm 23 right now. Uh, you know, we got a very vibrant kids ministry and, 
Um, we've had interns that just moved here from Idaho. Uh, so we're, we're very connected with Calvary Boise and, you know, we'll do missions with them and various things. And there was a, a young couple that felt God calling them out here to serve. Um, you know, and most people are going the other way, right? <laughs> most people are going to the Idaho, the Texas, the Florida. And so they're going against the grain. And I love that faith, I, you know, and it's been very reminiscent for my wife and I, when we launched out here, kind of just, just got married and, and just launched out here, didn't have a lot of things set up. And, you know, here we were launching to a very expensive area of the country. And, and that's exactly what this couple is doing. So we're kind of rekindling that that like first love of, of coming here and doing ministry. And so, you know, the, the children's ministry is growing, the youth ministry is growing. They just got back from a camp. Uh, the men's ministry is growing. Uh, the women's ministries is solid, solid. Um, such women of prayer and, and just women that love the Lord. And, you know, we're, we're, we're going to Stanford. Um, uh, this call right now, we have a group going out to Stanford to, to do uh, some outreach. We have YWAM, a YWAM group staying with us. So one of the things I love about our church building is it feels like a resort. It's beautiful. It's on the top of a hill and, and, and it's out of the noise of the, the Bay Area. And so, you know, I'm always like, oh, I want to be like on a main artery of the city, uh, which we have been before, but we've been in this building for the last 10 years and I've come to love it, especially during the pandemic. We were kind of tucked away. We had an open, open air uh, on the top of the hill, very fresh. And so one of my desires is to see groups um, come here to this mission field, as you mentioned, the mission fields right here to be able to stay with us at our church rest up there be refreshed and then be able to you know just drive right down the hill and go and do ministry so we have a ywam group of 20 college students staying with us right now we were doing outreach all yesterday in san mateo and then you know they're at stanford today um doing some outreach right now and i'm gonna go meet them after this and um you know just a lot (laughs) a lot going on a lot of exciting things going on well undoubtedly if you're new to the bay area you've no doubt been fascinated by our conversation today with pastor jason fry senior pastor of calvary chapel of san mateo want to go deeper want to find out more we invite you to check them out on the web simply go to calvary san mateo.org that's calvary sanmateo.org they meet at 3254 Lori Drive in Belmont did I get that right? yeah that's okay. right so it's, it's San Mateo County yeah, yeah. So I, 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 I paused there because you said San Mateo and I'm thinking Belmont okay I'm going to repeat that yeah. they yeah. meet at 3254 Lori Drive in Belmont Sunday morning worship services at 10am complete details on the web at calvarysanmateo.org that's calvarysanmateo.org Dot O-R-G. And our thanks to Pastor Jason Fry, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of San Mateo, for being with us today. Pastor Fry, thanks again so much for your time. All right. Thank you so much for having me on here. It's been a privilege, and uh, I love what you're doing. So keep doing it and, and connecting believers and seekers and everybody to solid Bible teaching churches. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. If we look at what's going on in the headlines these days, and even in just day-to-day life in a state like California, or even in the United States, maybe on the planet, 
You probably have concluded more and more Americans seem to be stressed out. Getting ready for the show tonight, I'm reading a news story about a brawl that broke out at O'Hare Airport at the luggage belt and literally people fighting and fists flying and suitcases flying the whole bit. I mean, it's just absolute madness. Everybody seems to be stressed out, dealing with anxiety, depression, fear and stress. Part of it's the state of the economy, certainly nationally, perhaps your own personal economy. Part of it, we see it every day here in the Bay Area, street violence, muggings, carjackings, road rage, gun violence, gun violence in our schools, the movie theaters, the malls, even on the freeways. A lot of Americans feel very nervous, on edge. Many of us, perhaps, that have personally experienced some of these things I just spoke of, who've been through it but never healed from it. My first guest tonight has written a new book dealing with the issue of trauma and how to be set free. The book is titled Set Free, Released from the Damage of Trauma. Joining me is lead pastor from Sunrise Church of Clovis. He's a doctorate of ministry degree from Liberty University's author in a number of best-selling books, including his latest Set Free, Released from the Damage of Trauma. Pastor J. Otis Ledbetter, thank you so much for taking some time to be with us tonight. It's my pleasure, and thank you, Craig, for allowing me to come on your show. It's just such an honor. You know, this subject of stress, anxiety, depression, I mean, it, it hardly seems that any of us um, are safe from it or uh, yeah. isolated from it. Right. And while all of that is true, all of us don't deal with it in the same fashion. And, and some people either seemingly figure out how to manage it or maybe stuff it down and ignore it. Others seem to fall apart. Walk us through, first and foremost, why you felt this topic was crit so critical to write about. Well, I saw it happening. And, and as a counselor, uh, I've, I've got 54 years of counseling, and I've counseled all the way from, uh, you know, being in a college setting, university setting, and they would send the, the students to me to, I was a chaplain in, in the uh, Air Guard for the 144th Interceptor Wing, and the pilots would come because if uh, they came to me as a counselor and not to a psychologist or a therapist, didn't go on the record, so I was first line. And I just spoke to so many, and I saw, even in 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 my church, what you were saying before. So so much has happened in a lifetime, and it, the the intensity of it builds up, and the pressure builds up, and then all of a sudden you act out, and generally you'll act out of some traumatic event that has happened to you, and that's what I've seen over all all this time. Just some traumatic event that has uh, that has taken place and all of a sudden it is it the acting out comes now trauma you said it that all of us have had bad things happen to us i don't i don't think i've ever met anybody who hasn't had some sort of a traumatic event happen to them but that's not trauma the event is not the trauma the trauma is the chronic reaction to that event 
Um, that's why three people can suffer the same event, and only one will suffer trauma uh, from it. Uh, everybody else, uh, it took it in stride. They know that it happens to everybody. They walk through it. They journey through it. I don't say they get over it because it's not a disease you get over. It's, it, it is just something to happen to you. You walk through it. You get to the other side of it. And you understand that everybody's been through it. But there are some that can't get through it. And uh, so they suffer the trauma. And that's who generally I deal with who comes into to my office and says, you know, I can't get through this and I'm suffering fear, I'm suffering horrible anxiety and I don't know what to do about it. Or, or uh, some has said, I had somebody tell me just the other day, the isolation that I'm experiencing has brought hopelessness and desperation and desperation, you know, what that leads to, you're thinking, you know, is it is it worth living? Is this, you know, if this is the way life is, if this all there is, then maybe there's another alternative, and they go there. Um, so that, I think that definition is what we need to know as, as we speak further, because some people who suffered the events, they don't have trauma but the ones that have trauma they're the ones that are are, are really seeking for something and, and let's be clear about this uh, dr ledbetter uh, some eavesdropping on our conversation today might say pastor you have absolutely described me to a t but this doesn't necessarily suggest the 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 inability to be able to work through it all that it's necessarily a a character flaw per se right. is is it the fact yeah. that some have uh, more nuanced coping skills or others that maybe even the impact of of cumulative events that ultimately lead to our inability to manage the big vet that becomes a trigger point for us that then leads us to either lash out or to cope in ways that are extremely unhealthy, up to and including, as you suggest, even those who, out of desperation, are just looking for some kind of a relief valve. And whether that relief valve is self-harm or harm toward others, is a lot of this a lack of skill, essentially? Well, that's that's a really good thought. That's a really good point you've made right there. Um, I'm dealing with a, a fellow now. He's he's uh, in his late fifties, and um, he uh, he's actually lives far away from me. I'm on California, and he's on the East Coast. And we've been talking because he picked up uh, picked up one of the books, and he wanted. He just wanted to talk, so we have a mutual friend, so I've been talking to him, and he, he told me, he said, you know, on my life, I've got more money than I need at this point. If I never worked another day, I could live the rest of my life. Money's not my need. Achievement, I have, I've achieved my goals, and I, I have, um, you know, that's, that's not my problem. He said, my problem is I just, I just feel disconnected, and I, 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 my life's purpose, my life's meaning, it, it's just not there anymore, and I have searched for it and searched for it and searched for it. And what is happening to this young man, I, and I can believe there's somebody listening to your show today that is exactly like this fella, 
who what we call it is existential crisis or an existential despair. They just have come to a point where they've achieved everything they wanted to achieve, but they've lost their purpose in life. They've lost the meaning uh, for what they achieved all of those things for, and they turn around and look, and that's gone. And what has happened is events in his life, as he talks to me, the number of divorces, the number of people that have walked away from the friendships, the things that have just accumulated, have built a pressure. And now he told me the other day the same thing. You know, I've thought of things I shouldn't be thinking about. And um, so I, I think that's what it is. We've lost our meaning, the meaning of our life. We've lost life's purpose. So my my talk to him is that you 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 got to find you got to connect back with that life purpose because if if you don't have meaning if you don't have purpose then all kinds of things come into your life and the traumatic events can take that away from you especially things like covid we we've we've been a few years from covid but COVID is still damaging people's lives because of the isolation that happened and the loss of jobs and having to find something else to do. And they will tell you, uh, my meaning, I, I don't have meaning in my life. And how, and how, how ironic it is, doctor, that you'll find people that will retreat because they feel so overwhelmed and for them retreat is sort of a, a self-preservation mechanism but in doing so that isolation instead of making them feel better actually exacerbates the problem and and, and you know when we come back after the break I want to dive into this a little bit deeper because it also occurs to me that part of this too might come down to a matter of not just purpose in life but also perspective in life that for some people they see a particular event say you're in a car accident identical set of circumstances for one person they look at it and say yeah that's okay you know worse things have happened in life before and i'll be all right and they move on and other people get completely overwhelmed by it is part of that a matter of perspective on life events. If you've just joined our conversation tonight, Dr. J. Otis Ledbetter, lead pastor at Sunrise Church of Clovis, author of a number of best-selling books, his latest right on the money for where so many of us are living today. Set free, released from the damage of trauma. We'll get a bit more detailed as our conversation continues here on KFAX. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. We are talking about trauma and how some manage it better than others. And we certainly all go through events in our life that can have an emotional, sometimes even a physical impact on us. As we're learning today from best-selling author Dr. J. Otis Ledbetter, uh, lead pastor, by the way, at Sunrise Church in Clovis. Uh, it's got a new book out called Set Free, Released from the Damage of Trauma. Uh, part of it has to do with our, our, our sense of positivity as it has meaning and, and, and purposefulness in life. And part of it, I have to wonder, 
Dr. Ledbetter, if it's also a matter of perspective. Some people see things, you know, from uh, the old adage, depends on which side of the telescope you're looking through. One one end will, will magnify and the other one will minimize. Some people do better at minimizing events in life and therefore managing it better. And while there are others, and I would add myself in that list, that oftentimes will, as the old saying goes, make a mountain out of a molehill. Is perspective a big part of this? I really like what you're saying. I really like the point you're making, too, because it, it really is. Um, uh, when, when you're suffering from trauma, every, everything, um, looks, everything looks like the enemy. Um, even the good things look like the enemy. And when you come to the point of, of where this fellow I was talking about earlier, where you've lost all your meaning in life, that's really not a psychological disorder, and that's not what we're talking about. We're we're talking about uh, s- something that is very manageable. They will tell you you don't even need a therapist if if this is if they call it like I said existential crisis or existential despair. And so you just simply say to them, you've got to change your perspective. Um, Several things you can do to change your perspective is begin to rely on your loved ones. I mean, this rugged individualism, that's a good thing, but there comes a time where you can't do it alone. So you rely on your loved ones and begin to express those things are, that are inside you. That releases that pressure when you talk about it, when you say it. As a matter of fact, when when... When it's no longer a secret how you feel, then the it's it's no longer a lie you're living, and the the devil has no power to make you ashamed anymore. So it's out there. So express how you feel and find some joy in the small things um, of life. If you like ice cream, and pull the car over and go get an ice cream. You know, if you if you like to watch a a, a sports game, then. And do your chores and get to the couch and turn that TV on and watch some small and then focus focus on what you can control too many times we focus on what is out of our control and that's what trauma tends to do to us it is totally out of my control there's nothing I can do like Elijah said you know uh, he left his uh servant when he was running from Jezebel and he left his servant went a day's journey, got under a broom tree and said to God, you know, I'm no better than my ancestors, just take my life suicide was on his mind Um, he was focusing on what he could not control he couldn't control that woman but he could control um, uh, his attitude toward that uh, situation, He, he just had a great victory Maybe somebody ought to keep a gratitude journal. Maybe practice some meditation. Maybe a a good small group out of church or a support group in the community is good. And this one fellow I'm talking to, trying to get him to reconnect with his life's purpose. And that's actually happening. He's actually doing that. So, yes, perspective is critical in in the healing process of... um, the trauma of the damage that trauma has done to you. And it sounds, too, as you're suggesting that that support system is also vitally important. I mean, going back to your example, how often do we hear stories of the tragedy of someone who takes their life 
And then as friends and family and those around them are interviewed, they say, well, we had no idea. Oh, they just seemed to be fine. I, this was just, just completely out of left field. And uh, maybe that suggests that, you know, when we're going through experiences that we're having a difficult time to manage, there's got to be something in, in our flawed, sinful DNA that causes us to retreat. Maybe part of it is something that's happened for which we are feeling a sense of guilt or shame. And so the mechanism is to withdraw from others almost as a as a coping mechanism. And yet it ends up having just the opposite effect, as you're suggesting, that as we as we retreat and we, we want to hold all of that in, that what we're doing is we're cutting ourselves off then from a lot of the very avenues that could help us manage it and keep it in proper perspective. Amazing. That's so, that's so true. Mostly we choose to respond to injustices horizontally rather than vertically. Our, our focus is strictly on ourselves and the wrong that's done against us. And it's, we live in a horizontal world. And the, our challenge is, is how do we live vertically in a horizontal world? Um, and you've got to learn how to live vertically. And that's a difficult thing to do. It's easy to sit here and say, but that's a difficult thing to do. And, you know, I'm reminded in Scripture that that Christ being fully human and yet fully God, that he, he suffered many of the same temptations that we did. And maybe part of that perspective, too, is understanding that while it might feel in the moment as if nobody could possibly relate to how we're feeling, what we're going through, how we're reacting to an event or a cumulative total of the impact of multiple events, can God really relate to what we're going through? Oh, he's been tempted in every point, just as we have, and and he's come through it. And that's the beauty of it. And people say, well, he was God, but he was 100% God, but he was 100% man. So he feels the exact same thing and the exact same pain that we feel. And because he's felt it and because he's gotten through it and because he's defeated it all, even our ultimate enemy he's defeated, we have a pathway to victory ourselves and I would say to anybody who's been suffering suffering through it you can have victory you can begin again if that's necessary just make up your mind this is over and I'm going to begin again whatever that looks like and whatever that needs to look like in your life you can begin again in your book you spend some time talking about managing things better through things like self-control, self-mastery, and clearly, as we've talked about, that sense of purpose and perspective, uh, learning that that self-management and how we react, critically important. When we come back, I want to talk a bit about how we go about acquiring those skills, how we can perfect those skills. Uh, Again, a lot of people, leave dropping right now, might say, Craig, you don't understand what I've been through. I mean, it, it, it's not just this one event. It's multiple things that have happened, or, or maybe it is one big major event that has suddenly just 
paralyzed you. So how do you move from paralysis to purpose, perspective, and better self-management? We'll talk about that next. Best-selling author, Dr. J. Lotus Ledbetter with us tonight. He is the lead pastor at Sunrise Church in Clovis. His new book is called Set Free, Released from the Damage of Trauma. Book available, by the way, um, bookstores throughout the Bay Area. You can also get it online through Amazon.com or through Pastor Ledbetter's website, joledbetter.com. We'll take a time out back with more of our dialogue as Lifeline continues. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. We're here very close to the one-year anniversary of the tragic Vivaldi shooting in Texas. And boy, talk about traumatic experience that can be paralyzing. How does one get free from all of that and move past it? Dr. J. Otis Ledbetter with us this evening. The book, Set Free, Released from the Damage of Trauma. Let's talk a bit about how we develop these skills. You've talked, Dr. Ledbetter, about the importance of purpose in life, certainly the matter of perspective. Let's talk about some of the methodology that we use to learn how to face these events and move past them. I mean, we're not going to erase them. They're not going to cease to be part of our history. But how can we move past them to the point where they don't haunt us and taunt us every day? I think we learn how to own them. Uh, they are a part of our life. They are a part of our history. And they will color your life. And generally, you get to choose the crayon that you want to, co- the color of the crayon you want to use. We can, you can either color yourself dark or you can color yourself to a, a much brighter color. But one of the things you, we have to do is we've got to become skilled at managing our negative emotions. Um, the negative emotions are, are what's going to take us down. And the, and the scripture says, you know, when you have a broken heart, you, negative emotions are going to come. But the psalm says the Lord is near to those who have a broken heart. And then he saves such as have a contrite spirit. So that what happens is you have to turn from that broken heart to have a contrite spirit. Manage those negative emotions God's provided the power for us through the fruit of the Spirit to overtake uh, any negative that's in our lives. So once you start managing, the first thing you do is you articulate your negative emotions. You put a face on them. You can't fight a faceless enemy. So once you put a face on that negative emotion, then emotion, then you can begin. You can begin to beat it. You see, and we are. Your negative emotions are going to make you believe lies, and we are destined um, to become more and more confused the longer our head tries to accept as true something our heart knows isn't. And so, produce openings in your life for positivity. You see, you don't stumble across the happy life. You create it. Mm. Um, And so begin to create that happy life. And Paul talks about that. Paul talks about Ephesians. He said to that church, he said, I want you to let all bitterness, all wrath, all anger, all clamor, all evil speaking, put it away from you. In there is the word anger. And he didn't say, I want you to manage your anger. You can't manage that. It's not manageable. 
um, I, I, I was watching TV one day, my wife and I, and down on the bottom where those little, little uh, blurbs go across, uh, as you're watching the news, it tells you other news that's happening. It said, man kills man in anger management class. And I jumped up I jumped up to write it down because I didn't want to miss that, the date and everything, because you can't manage anger. It's like trying to keep a beach ball under the water. Eventually, it'll turn you over in surface. He said, let all of that be put away from you not managed, be put away from you. And then he said, be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So you manage, you make room in your life for positivity because um, that helps give you quality thoughts. And quality thoughts are positivity's favorite food. And um, that's that's how you get out of out of the doldrums. And Paul said, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are a good report, all these things. Think on these. Don't think on the negative. Think on these, because God knows that if you want to live vertical in a horizontal world, you've got to think positive. You've got to think this direction. And that's a, that's that's some of the first steps. Manage those negative emotions. And then open your life up for positivity and don't, if you don't stumble across the happy life, start creating your happy life. Is it also important to sort of um, acknowledge almost in a, in a fashion to forgive ourselves because I think sometimes people will get into this they're, they're kind of stuck in their set yeah. of circumstances and now it shifts yeah. from what happened to them to somehow feeling that they are a failure their faith is insufficient their trust in God is insufficient and therefore the reason why they're having to, to deal with all of this, this negativity and, and so that's one question and then the other question is do we need to see this as as we talk about being released from the damage of trauma as not a singular event, but rather a process, meaning what might have been the trigger could have been a singular event, but climbing back out of the impact of that more of a process? And, and I ask that question because some people say, well, I went to church and prayed, but but I'm still feeling like this or or, you know, I, I, I read this particular passage in the Bible and I I really tried to take it to heart and I'm still feeling this way. I think about Paul. Yeah. Addressing the notion of having to die daily that suggests that part of this is a process. Yes, it is absolutely a process. Uh, and um, <clears throat> I, I dealt with that at length at the book previous to this, and it was a 13 year project called Soul Hunger. And in it identified the nine human hungers that God gives us. And those those nine human hungers are what we deal with on a daily basis. And through with some theologians, some therapists, and together we identified well, we took all hungers that we could think of, and I think we come up with forty seven of them. And we wanted to reduce it until it, that list was irreducible, and they became irreducible at nine. There's nine hungers. Well, there's nine fruit of the Spirit that God gave us that will satisfy those hungers. And if you could only use the fruit of the Spirit to satisfy those hungers, you would never have a problem in your life. The difficulty is is when 
the devil comes along and he says, I can satisfy those hungers and I can satisfy them quicker and I'll give you two to everyone God gives you and that's the deeds of the flesh. And so the war that rages within us that you're talking about, that war, we think we've got it and then we see we're still in a war and war is hell. And, and you don't go to war over something you don't want. You don't go to war over territory you don't want. So the flesh is warring against the spirit over those hungers, and we tend to feed those hungers with the works of the flesh because it's easier to satisfy them with the works of the flesh. It's quicker, and it seems the right thing to do instead of allowing the fruit of the spirit to to do that. So, yeah, to your point, yes, and people get stuck. I've, I've heard that a hundred times. Pastor, I go to church, I pray, I do everything, read my Bible, I do what you tell me to do, but I'm still stuck. And it's because our choices of our choices, the the, uh, deeds of the flesh, we're allowing the deeds of the flesh to satisfy those hungers and not the fruit of the Spirit. Well, and let's face it, it's a natural sin nature inclination to look for the quick way out, the easy way out. And some people will say, you know, well, I'm going through this, but, you know, I think the easy way out is I'm going to anesthetize myself from the pain by drinking or using drugs, whatever the case might be. We're we're, we're looking for a flesh-based solution to what is at the core spiritual issue because let's face it isn't this one of the one of the greatest tools that the enemy has to to defeat us is to deceive us and and that is to to get us so down on ourselves and so stuck in a rut that we can't overcome the damage of trauma and therefore he renders us of no effect yes and what you said is again you're just you're you're, you're on point totally do you use the word deceive um we are deceived and we don't know we're deceived the very definition of the word deceive means you don't know you're deceived um and so we're deceived we don't know that we're deceived so we stay in that and the only way we can get out of it is purposefully as i said you 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 articulate that put a face on it and once you put a face on it you can battle that enemy and God has given us plenty of uh, um, plenty of pathways out of it and he hasn't given us a spirit of fear has he? no he hasn't if you have the spirit of fear that's not what God, God God gives you the spirit of love and a sound mind and I think that's something that we need to remind ourselves with. And I, and I want to be careful for listeners not to think that we're suggesting you're going to hypnotize yourself here. Um, you know, but I think there's a degree to which self-talk talk when it's biblically based. I mean, what, what does the Bible say about whatever is pure, whatever is holy, whatever is wholesome? Think on these things. And so part of it is to, to change our the way we kind of train our brain, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and the scripture is very, it, it, it is very clear, saying, as a person thinks, that's what they become. Wow, 
So if you're somebody that's kind of stuck in a rut, maybe you are a uh, a bit of a victim to uh, a friend of mine referred to it as stinking thinking. Uh, this book can indeed uh, be groundbreaking for you on your road to recover from, to get out from underneath, to experience the process arriving at freedom by reading the book Set Free, Released from the Damage of Trauma. We've clearly just touched the surface today, and a conversation like this is not meant to send you away with all the answers and say, gee, gosh, I listened to Dr. Ledbetter on Lifeline, and now everything is well. No, but if we get you thinking and praying and acting in the right direction, if the very minimum you take that first step toward becoming free in that process that we talked about a moment ago, well, I think we've done our job, but you got to do your job. I want to thank uh, Dr. J. Otis Ledbetter, lead pastor at Sunrise Church in Clovis, for his time today. The book, Set Free, Released from the Damage of Trauma, and um, you can find it through Amazon.com or through Dr. Ledbetter's website at J-O-Ledbetter, L-E-D-B-E-T-T-E-R.com. Thank you so much, Dr. Ledbetter, for your time and very valuable insights. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Lifeline. Thanks so much for being with us. And if there was anything you heard on today's show that you'd like to hear again or share with a friend, grab a copy of the Lifeline podcast. Simply log on to KFAX.com. That's KFAX.com for the Lifeline podcast. Our producer is Wanda Sanchez. I'm Craig Roberts. Till next time round, remember, just don't keep the faith. Get out there and share it and make it a great evening. So long. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved.